welcome back to Nudie Reads, a classic podcast for my mother. She read to me when I was little, so now I'm returning the favour, and you're welcome to listen along. It's Thursday, and that means I'm reading something offbeat. Sundays are for classics, but whatever I'm reading, it's always great writing. Tonight we are in the United States, exploring the soapbox derby scandal of 1973 in Akron, Ohio. For those who don't know, a soapbox derby is a race of little engineless cars built by children and powered by just gravity and aerodynamics. Up a light incline, facing downwards, two soapbox cars are held in place at the starting line, each with a raised wedge. When the wedge is lowered and disappears into the track, the cars, no longer having anything to hold them back, move forward down the incline and they're off and racing. In the UK, such cars are often called gravity racers, and in Australia they're called billy carts. But in the US, they're known as soapbox racers, because the first ones were made out of the wood of old soapboxes. The rules for a soapbox car are pretty simple. No motor, four wheels, driver has to wear a helmet, the simplest friction brake can exist, but it can only be super simple, and the simplest steering mechanism can exist as well, but again it has to be super simple, and probably even just a rope. Being such a rudimentary vehicle, children could cheaply and easily construct one, and so in 1934, the first US soapbox derby was run, and the national winner was Rob Turner of Muncie, Indiana, whose winning car was made of wood from an old saloon bar. The UK has soapbox derbies as well. They're held in Shropshire. Shout out to the boys at Bad Obsession Motorsports, my favourite Shropshire petrolheads. If you don't know who I'm referring to, they are YouTube sensations, so definitely check them out. In 1973, the US Soapbox Derby Nationals were held at Derby Downs in Akron, Ohio, as usual. And not long after, a short film was made about it called The Day the Derby Almost Died. Because that year, well, scandal. I'm reading from the script of that short film, which I found on YouTube. This is sports writing at its finest. Let's begin. Derby Downs, home of the All-American Soapbox Derby in Akron, Ohio. To reach the national championships, thousands of boys and girls across the nation each year build coasting cars to race down local hills. The purpose of the derby is to encourage craftsmanship and sportsmanship. In 1973, this 36-year-old family institution was rocked by scandal and almost died. The champion, Jimmy Gronin from Boulder, Colorado, had used a magnet in his car. The first race of the derby was in 1934. Cars were crudely built of junk parts and soapbox wood. Now the best cars have precision engineering and sophisticated aerodynamics. Many are fiberglass, and speeds reach nearly 35 miles an hour on hills about 900 feet long. 
Competition for the Championship Trophy and Scholarships in Akron has developed an intensity which invites much adult meddling. But the heart of the derby is not there. But here, in towns like this, Ossining, New York, several hundred miles from Akron, where it is strictly a happy community event. And you can still find crude races entirely designed and built by children, side by side with slicker models. Only one winner from each town qualifies for the championships at Derby Downs. That means everybody else must lose some time in the course of the afternoon. After all, nobody wins all the time at everything. There is pride enough at just building the darn thing and racing it down the hill. 1973 was the second year in which girls participated. On shoulder or sit-up models or tucked down and laid back, boys and girls looked and performed alike. In their cheering sections, though, there was a hint of which drivers were which. Chris Noyes had no national expectations, but hoped to do at least as well locally as his older brother had, who won the Ossining race two years before, when Chris was only 11. He had worked for nearly six months in his basement, sawing, sanding, drilling, gluing, balancing and painting, to make his red pine and oak car competitive. Adhering strictly to the rules, he built the car himself, with expert guidance from his father, who is an industrial designer. Chris will have to win every heat of the afternoon to qualify for Derby Downs. But now Akron is far away as he wedges himself deeply into his layback car, buttoning up so only his eyes show. His first race down the hill, a section of State Highway was closed off for the local derby. It proved that his car was fast. Chris is winning heat after heat on this June afternoon. All over the country in places like Eggerstown, Maryland, and Appleton, Wisconsin, and Bristol, Connecticut, and Boulder, Colorado, a few cars like Chris's are winning local races. Each victory is preceded and followed by tension and worry. Finally, Chris is sprung free on the ramp for the local championship run. He can see only dead ahead, so snugly is he buried. The chequered flag tells him he's a winner. Akron lies ahead. But today, Chris is champion of his hometown. That's very important. Not far from Ossining is the tiny town of Carmel, New York. A friend of Chris's, Diane Mills, is on her way to the championships of Putnam County. Diane is 11 years old. She doesn't expect to become a national champion, but to win here and qualify for the All-American Derby would be a lot. Contestants are greeted with the customary hoopla at Akron, which has always been a good host. The previous year's national champion, Bobby Lang Jr. from Boulder, Colorado, Jimmy Groening's cousin, is Grand Marshal at Derby Downs. The All-American Soapbox Derby is just about the biggest family event of the year in the Ohio town. 138 local race winners, including entrants from Venezuela, West Germany and Canada, join the festivities. 
In the pit area, drivers make final adjustments, seeking every possible advantage. They are allowed to tighten fittings in wheels, roll their cars back and forth, but not to buff their wheels smooth or to apply any hardening substances on them. It is said that some contestants do that. It's said that some cars have axles of illegally hard steel or lead weights concealed in the fuselage or other things. But these are rumours. Everybody's going to try to win. Finally, racing cars are lined up on painted stripes with noses nestled against the metal restraining flaps, which drop on the starter signal down at the bottom of the 954-foot asphalt track. An electric eye photographs every finish. It'll take 152 car heats to determine the national champion. Chris is awed by the competition as he lines up to race in round one. Can he get by even his first test against a car from Des Moines, Iowa? Carefully get in and button up your feet near the brake, and your helmet tucked in under the tail fin. What a quiet, lonely spot, an eternity before they drop the metal flap. Keep it in line, Chris. Concentrate. Chris Noyes from Ossining, New York, wins his first heat. Not only that, but his time is terrific, 27.68 seconds. It is the second fastest time of the entire 69 race round, behind only the time of the Boulder, Colorado car driven by Jimmy Gronin. Diane hopes to be a professional gymnast someday, but that's not on her mind now. Her Pink Panther car is. In a few minutes, gravity will prove how good a job she's done. Diane will race against a car from Spokane, Washington which is just about as far from her home as it can get. Can she match such exotic competition? Slowly, the nose of the pink panther inches ahead. And Diane wins! What a surprise! Easier than in Putnam County, where Diane had to survive two dead heats to win. The field has been cut in half by the first round. Diane and Chris both advance. Now Diane's competition is from Las Cruces, New Mexico. Another exotic and unknown place. Diane wins again. She is one of five girls of the original 19 who survived the second round. But that's not the important thing. What is important is the chance to keep on winning. For Diane, is all this possible? Can her car fully be better than so many others? Does she dare to start thinking about the championship itself? And then Chris Noyes brings his car, Ares, to yet another triumph. Winning is unbelievable sometimes. Jimmy Gronin keeps winning. His car is almost identical to the one which his cousin, Bobby Lang, won with last year. What's strange about Jimmy's fiberglass car is it seems to leap across the starting line when the metal flap is dropped. Jimmy, who's 14 but weighs only 68 pounds, seems more confident than most. He lives with the Lang family and in the past years, his guardian, Uncle Robert Lang, has proved to be an extremely skilled designer. Looks like the boy to beat, but disturbing information is now rifling through the crowd. 
Officials say Jimmy Gronin was buffing his wheels on the asphalt and have made him put on a new set, and they drilled into his car to remove excess weight. Race fans don't like to hear of such violations. This is the All-American Soapbox Derby, for heaven's sake. We're finally at the championship rounds. The top four cars, both Diane and Chris, have survived, along with Jimmy Gronin and Diane's next opponent, Brett Yarbrough from Elk Grove, California, one of the favourites. Diane will need a super time. But no, it's not to be. Both are well-constructed, well-driven cars, but Yarbrough's is faster. Diane is finally beaten. And then Chris faces Jimmy Gronin. Chris is afraid he'll lose this time. As they ready their card, Jimmy tells Chris not to be discouraged, that he might win. But Chris knows that Jimmy's slowest time so far is better than his own fastest. Still, there's a chance, isn't there? Just like Jimmy, Chris has never been beaten, right? But he's beaten this time. Jimmy Gronin's car is too much. Chris has won more than he thought he would, not quite as much as he dreamed. But there is one more chance for Diane and Chris. They will race together for third place. It's an extremely close race, and at first Chris is announced the winner, but it's a photo finish, and the photo reverses them. Diane is third in the All-American Soapbox Derby. Chris is fourth. So for the championship, it's Jimmy Gronin against Brett Yarbrough. Adults designing these cars know their competition and serious long-time competitors trade secrets and information. Here are two very fast cars. Brett is only 11, three years younger than Jimmy, but only three pounds lighter. Derby designers like their drivers small, because that allows them to arrange the dead weight of the cars where they work best with gravity. Jimmy's works a bit better, and he wins the national championship. Jimmy takes the platform to receive the trophy, just as his cousin Bobby had the year before. Marshal Bob Lang is on the winner's dais for the second straight year, but booing mars the ceremony. Rumours of cheating give the celebration for a victorious small boy an ominous undertone. A national scandal was about to break over the heads of the children who race soapbox derby cars. A derby inspector found a small button in the headrest of Jimmy Gronin's car. Behind it was a small battery. The car was x-rayed, revealing wires running to the nose where they wound around a hunk of metal. What had been discovered was an electromagnet used to give the car a yank forward at the start. The magnet was activated when Jimmy leaned his helmet back against the button. A second fail-safe switch of two metal supports was turned on when Jimmy touched them together with his thumbs. A day after the crowd had left Derby Downs, Jimmy Gronin was disqualified, the first time ever for a champion. Brett Yarbrough was named the champion. Diane and Chris were elevated to second and third, and the rest of the finishers all moved up a notch. Robert Lang, Jimmy's uncle, admitted responsibility for the magnet. 
Jimmy's father is dead, his mother hospitalised. That is why he lives with the Langs. Robert Lang wanted him to win because of a high sense of competition and to reinforce Jimmy's sense of belonging to the family. In his own defence, Lang revealed publicly that cheating had been going on for years in the Derby cars, built by adults. Tyres and axles tampered with, weights added to even the odds in what seemed a dirty system. Lang had Jimmy cheat, and by year's end, the Akron Chamber of Commerce quit the race, acknowledging that there had been widespread cheating and fraud. In the year of Watergate, the Derby too had become the victim of cynical adults for whom victory justified any means. The Derby has become too expensive, too sophisticated for the children. It's unfortunate that Jimmy Gronin must suffer, the stairs for the dishonour imposed by an older and colder world on what should have been an innocent childhood game. A smaller derby is back this year. Perhaps because of the scandal, it will be more faithful to its purpose. To the boys and girls, for whom just the thrill of running their homemade races down the hill against each other is quite enough. And that's where we'll leave it tonight. The scandal made the US news. And in an interview, Jimmy Gronin recalls legendary CBS News anchorman of the 60s and 70s, Walter Cronkite, the voice of the Vietnam War, that guy, saying something like, Well, ladies and gentlemen, there's one boy in America unhappier than Richard Nixon this evening, and it's little Jimmy Gronin. Imagine that. 14 years old and Walter Cronkite puts you on blast. I don't know what's become of Jimmy Gronin. I think he got a bit zen in the articles that I was able to find online. But in any case, 1973 is a long time ago. And hopefully a long time ago, all was forgiven. Okay, join me next time when I explore the connection between King Kong, Kent in England, and Italian giallo pulp fiction for my classic Sunday read. Till then, take care. It's slippery out there. And thanks for listening to Nitty Reads. Nitty Reads.